Hey, everybody. It is Trags, Mike Petralia, back with season number two of the Jungle Roar podcast. It is my honor and pleasure to be joined by Jay Morrison of The Athletic. You can follow his great work covering the Bengals and the NFL on Twitter at Jay Morrison, A-T-H, all one word. Are you recouped as I am, Jay, from both the Super Bowl and the NFL Combine? I'm not sure I will ever be recouped after that quick turnaround. That was that was something. And I I have I do not do the combine the way I used to. I do not do the late nights at prime staking out coaches and scouts. The Beng- the Bengals <laughs> the are good very good days. about yeah, the, the Bengals are really good about getting us the, the people we need and and you can kind of get them on your own too if you need to. So um it was a long week, but it was not a week of three AM bedtimes and 8 a.m. wake-ups, thankfully. Yeah, that's good. Um, (laughs) Let's jump right into it. Uh, Monday was a busy day uh, for the Bengals. Uh, We'll get to who they acquired in just a second, but I think uh, I want to touch on your story about uh, one of the key players from 2021 that they lost, tight end C.J. Uzama, signing a three-year deal with the New York Jets for uh, $24 million. Obviously, that comes out to eight year, $8 uh, average per season. Um, were you surprised he left and that the Bengals, uh, weren't able to, uh, keep him on board? Uh, yeah, really. I was, I, I wouldn't say it was totally stunning because you kind of saw the winds of change at work when, when all those tight ends started getting tagged and then other ones started getting re-signed. It's like, uh, Oh, this tight end market's getting a little crazy. This, yep. this could affect things. But yeah, I mean, the Bengals wanted to keep him back. They tried to keep him back, but you know, everybody talks about the hometown discount, how much he loves Joe Burrow. I mean, ultimately money speaks louder than anything. And the, the point I made with, with Paul Daner on our podcast last night is fans tend to look at these guys and, and see their, their career arc and then gone and forgotten. That's not how life works. And these guys need to look out for themselves after football's over. And in that regard, what a what a great move for CJ to, to go to New York. Everybody around here knows what his personality is like. You get him on the big stage. I don't know if he wants to have a career in media after he's done playing, but he's certainly going to have the opportunity to do it. And, and what better place to kind of groom yourself and and really set yourself up for life. Not that Three mil, three years, twenty four million doesn't set you up for life, but the, the the announcers are making more money than the players these days. He he's got a this is a huge huge opportunity for him. I know everyone in Cincinnati is going to miss him, but I'm really happy for him. I I think it's a great move for him, and it's it's a tough one for the Bengals. It is, uh, but I, I thought you uh, did a great job on your piece this morning. Um, Jay, pointing out that his path out of Cincinnati, as you wrote, began to take uh, shape last week when tight ends accounted for three of the eight franchise tags that were handed out. The Browns, David uh, Njoku, uh, Dolphins, Mike Jacecki, and Cowboys, Dalton Schultz, were each tagged for $10.9 million. Of course, that's the figure uh, for the tag figure uh, set by the NFL for uh, free agent tight ends. So uh, in 2021, only two teams had more money than that uh, tied up among their tight ends. And uh, you, you, I thought, really did a good job, Jay, of pointing out that Sometimes deals like these are set by the market 
And it was kind of hilarious when you you wrote, um, there's probably a PowerPoint presentation in the works right now listing <laughs> all of the reasons playing for the Jets is a bad idea um, as the Bengals try to pull out all the stops before his departure becomes official at 4 p.m. Wednesday with the start of the league's uh, new year. But he's gone, right? I mean, th- there's no way that that CJ would have second thoughts and, you know, back out of this. I guess it does happen, but. Yeah, I never say never, but I would, I mean, when the, when the big guys, the national guys start tweeting it, it means it's coming straight from their agents and the, the, the agents don't haphazardly throw those, those numbers out. They, it, it, it feels like it is a done deal. It, the only way it's not a done deal, I would think, is if the Bengals top it and they're not topping that contract. I mean, they, they love CJ, but right. this is this is not an offense that is dependent on a tight end. And there's is a very deep tight end class. And as I wrote about in that piece, there's there's a lot of really interesting options out there. Let's get to that. Rob Gronkowski, Gerald Everett, uh Robert uh Tanyan, Tyler Conklin. Hmm. OJ Howard is my personal favorite. Um, I don't th- I think you know, of those five players, I think Gronk is a pipe dream at this point because yeah. obviously Tom Brady came back, announced it on Sunday night in the middle of the freaking um, March Madness selection show. That was another brilliant move by Tom. But uh, the first time, I guess, in the AFC championship, the Saturday before the AFC championship, you can't really blame him, blame his uh, maybe blame uh, TB12 enterprises. But uh, this time he decides to announce his return. And once Brady announced his return, I think Gronk was off the table. Certainly um, uh, Ryan Jensen, the center that the Bengals had their eyes on, he was off the table. Uh, he comes back to Tampa Bay, but uh, let's get, you know, if Gronk does not happen, okay, and Gronk turns 33 in May, the guy that sticks out to me is O.J. Howard, and as you wrote, he's maybe the most puzzling guy on the list. He was a first-round pick out of Alabama in 2017, but he's mostly been a non-factor the last two years due to injuries, and uh, his role was reduced behind uh, Cameron Bright in Tampa Bay. Um, what do you think of O.J. Howard in Cincinnati? I, I like it. I, I, I loved him coming out of Alabama. I remember yes, watching him I. in the, in the champ, national championship game. He dominated in that game. I was like, man, this guy is going to be something on the NFL level. And I, I don't know well enough what went down in Tampa Bay because he did he came out of the gate hot he had 11 touchdowns his first two years it looked like he was on the come and then Cameron Brake kind of emerges his role reduces he gets hurt I I just it he, he doesn't have a long injury history so that that almost kind of works in his favor that he's you know the fresher legs and the less wear and tear type of thing I do think I think he's a guy that you're not necessarily going to see his value swell because of what's going on in the market. I, I think he could be a, a Thursday, Friday, you know, one of those second, third wave guys, you could really get at a bargain with a huge upside. And all of these guys take a risk on any of these guys. I, I mentioned Jared cook too. He's going to be 35, but yeah. he, his numbers are just so consistent throughout his career. And you look at the, the, it's not a, a top-heavy tight end draft, but it's really deep. And, and you can you can take a chance on one of these guys, whether it be a chance due to age, a, t- a chance due to unfulfilled projections, whatever it is, and still get a, a tight end in the second, third, fourth round. And, 
you know, let the, let the veteran kind of groom that guy and bring that guy along. And again, you, you don't need a, a Rob Gronkowski type in this offense. You just need a, as sad as it sounds to say, just a capable pass catcher. Um, and you, you've got Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon and, and T Higgins, all these guys taking all the focus of the defense. You just, you get a, a tight end in there that can run up the seam and catch the ball and, and they can have a solid year. Well, here's the other thing I think they should take into account. How good is how good of a run blocker is the tight end that they choose to get for CJ Usama? Because I think um, they've got to be better in the run game. They've got to be better in one yard six one or two yard situations when the situation dictates that we saw it throughout the regular season. We sure as hell saw it in the Super Bowl five times. They needed to get a yard, couldn't do it. I think they need to get a tight end who can really be an impact in blocking. That's why Ideally, if Gronk were to come back for one year, he, he'd be a great fit in that regard. He's still a great uh, run blocker, but they, I think they need to focus on a tight end who can not only catch the ball, but run block as well. Yeah, I mean, Drew Sample is a good blocking tight end, but you, you tip your hand there. If you have the pass catcher and then you have the blocker, you're kind of telling the defense what's coming as opposed to you have a Gronk guy that can, that can do both. And that does really kind of open up your your options. And and Drew Sample is is entering the final year of his contract. I don't I don't think we're going to see him here in 2023 and beyond. So yeah, if you can, if you can get a guy that can do both and and sign him, even if it's a one year deal or a two year deal, and then and then get bring in a, a rookie who can do do both capably, you know, preferably the the blocking is going to be a big part of it because that you, Mitchell Wilcox. Um, isn't going to give you much in the blocking game. Thad Moss isn't going to give you much in the blocking game. Um, they they do need succession plans for both a patch ca- pass catcher and a blocking tight end. All right, let's get on to the uh, subject that a lot of uh, Bengal fans were obsessed with, and uh, some of us in the media, and I'm one of them, uh, the need to improve the offensive line. The two numbers we've heard um, ad nauseum since uh, the Super Bowl 56 loss to the Rams, uh, 51 and 70, 51 sacks uh, of Joe Burrow in the regular season, 70 overall, including the playoffs. And to address that, the Bengals uh, didn't really hide their hand at all on Monday. They went out and signed two free agent offensive linemen, guard Alex Kappa, uh, who uh, is a fifth or fourth year, uh, sorry, fifth year uh, offensive lineman will be in his fifth year coming out of Humboldt State, a division two program. Um, he's a people mover. Uh, he can, he's drastically improved his play in the pass protection in the last couple of years, playing for Tom Brady, uh, playing for Tom Brady. will do that. And then there's Ted Karras, somebody I know pretty well from my days, uh, latter days in New England. A uh, very versatile guy in the middle of the uh, offensive line, interior offensive lineman. You broke down with your tweet last night how many snaps he's had um, at center and how many he had uh, at the guard position. I appreciated you doing that, uh, Jay. Uh, but Ted Karras, I think, is a uh, a wise pickup. He played for defensive uh, offensive line guru Dante Scarnecchia under Bill Belichick and the Patriots. He's very uh, well schooled and. I like both of these picks, but for different reasons. I think Karras is going to be more of a leader along the offensive line. He could certainly play center, although I don't know if he will uh, see what happens. But 
I like Karras, uh, that signing at $6 million a year over three years and Kappa four years, 40 million bucks. What did you think of the two signings? I thought they were great. They, they addressed their biggest need without overspending. They got Correct. both of those guys at what we expected the market value would be. And they structured the contracts, the way the Bengals structure the contact contracts with more money up front. They're clearing room for the, the big Joe Burrow drop coming next year. And you also give yourself an out if, if either of these guys kind of fall off after they cross 30, the third year of Karras's deal, they would only eat 1 million in, in dead money. And I think it's, it's 2 million for Kappa if they cut him in the, the final year of his deal. So there's, it's, it's a very team friendly contract. And I, I love the, the, the Karras signing because it Duke talked about this at the combine about how, when you pick at 31, all your options are open. Now you've got a guy that can play center or guard. That's just, if, if Tyler Linderbaum falls to 31, the way some are kind of projecting now, then you, you go get him and you put Karras at guard. And if, if not, then Karras can play center and you, you draft a guard, maybe not at 31 or maybe you do at 31, but it, it really, it, the, the versatility, his versatility and his experience. Um, I asked I asked Duke about this. I think I asked Duke and Zach about this, that now that they've been on a postseason run and they've got guys, everybody in this locker room has postseason winning experience. Is that as important in this free agency period as it has been in the past where they were really trying to build a culture? Great question. And, 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 and they, it's not as important. They said, but, but they're not going to turn it down. And, and I got to thinking about it as like, you know, if there's one area where it is still important, it's the offensive line. You've got Hakeem Adeniji, you've got Jackson Carmen, you've got Deontay Smith, Trey Hill, all these young guys. You, you don't really have anyone on that. You don't, other outside of this year's run, you don't have anybody on that offensive line that has experienced success and has kind of that, that veteran presence that a, that a cap and a carries has. So I think beyond what they do on the field is going to be a big help. What, what they can do, in the locker room and in practice and in, in kind of helping these young guys emerge and, and really develop. I mean, a lot of that's on Frank Pollock and, and the, the two assistant offensive line coaches, but a lot of that comes down to these, these veterans too. And I, I think that's another reason that makes these guys both great signings. What about uh, Bernhard Raymond out of central Michigan? A lot of uh, mocks have him going uh, to the Bengals at 31 uh, is Here's my question. The reason I'm asking this is, would you trust putting a a rookie start him at right tackle? Would you do that? I I guess I would say in Frank, I trust because it's going to, if they, if they draft a rookie with the, the, the idea of him possibly winning that job, it's going to be a, a hell of a competition in OTAs Mm. and in, in training camp. And it's, you know, None of those guys have stepped up yet, but I, they they are confident that Deontay Smith is going to take the next step. And um, I, I, if if the rookie wins the job, I, I feel like he's going to win it outright. It's not going to be a by default kind of thing where the lesser of all the evils we, we have to throw this guy out there. And you you might you might see that too, where if if they if they can't land a veteran tackle bringing back a Riley Reef or trading for Lyle Collins or one of those type of deals where maybe maybe they get a, a guy late later in you know there's always those street guys out there and you can you can maybe get someone in there to kind of gr- help groom 
the, the rookie right tackle. I wouldn't be totally comfortable with it, but I, I don't think it's a nightmare plan either because if you, you've, you've got a solid enough line, you've got enough options that if someone wins that job, they will deserve it. Okay, what about uh, re-signing B.J. Hill, which I like, um, and losing Larry Ogunjobi? They were, the Bengals, I think, obviously, you know, just looking at this on the surface, they were not going to pay what the Chicago Bears gave uh, Ogunjobi. There's no way they were going to pay, you know, three years, $40.5 million, I think 26 and a half guaranteed. Bengals weren't going to do that. So they go three years and $30 million on B.J. Hill, uh, BJ Hill's a year younger, I believe than, um, uh, Larry O and, you know, for what BJ Hill showed since the Billy price trade, uh, that brought him here from the giants, uh, in training camp at the end of training camp last year, um, like the deal. Yeah, I do too. And he's, he's got less wear and tear on it. He's kind of, he was in a split role with the giants. Um, he only played 40%, like a low forties, I think 42% of the snaps this year for the Bengals. Um, you 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 wonder what he can do as a starter with who's getting the, the lion's share of the snaps at that position and you put him next to a dj reader and a sam hubbard and, and a trey hendrickson and that's a very formidable defensive line he can he, I, I think he's in store for a possible big year and I, I really wish it'd be great to know how those negotiations came down because were, were they hmm. were they in that range with bj hill all along or did they kind of gamble and said, let's wait and see what happens with Larry. And then once Larry was gone, they said, we have to get BJ Hill and we're, we're, we're going to overpay. Cause I do think it, I'm surprised he got as much as he did, but I, I, I it wasn't way above like Larry Ogunjobi's contract. I, that was, I didn't think he was going to get that much and good for that guy. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Coming in, coming in last year and betting on himself with a one-year prove it deal and proving it. Um, uh, yeah, you you have to be happy for Larry Ogunjobi. There's no way I don't want to say no way, but it was there was it was a super long shot that they were going to be able to keep both guys. And I think if you look at the numbers, and Paul Daner, my partner on the beat, did a good job of it breaking it down. And the one glaring difference between those guys, they're very similar in everything except missed tackles. Larry Ogunjobi had a ton of missed tackles last year. B.J. Hill had two. So all other things equal, I think they got the better player and got him for less money. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, we've we've addressed the offensive line. We've addressed defensive line. The one area that concerns me is the Bengals getting left out to dry, hung out to dry, if you will, uh, at the cornerback position. And they're going to have to come up with something opposite Cheeto Awuzie uh, to address that need. And Eli Apple was... I think it's fair to say, Jay, he was inconsistent this year. There were times where it looks like, looked like he had really caught on um, to uh, Lou Anarumo's system and what they wanted to do on the back end of the defense. It looked like he, he was playing uh, in synchronicity with everybody else. And the other times he looked like he was kind of out to lunch. So um, I'm a little bit concerned uh, about that corner position. How do you think that shapes up? Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to see if, you know, Eli Apple basically was a street free agent. So did he did he do enough last year to to make teams perk up and think, hey, we want to take a shot on this guy? I, I think he's going to be out there for for the Bengals to bring back on a reasonable deal. And you wonder how much of that inconsistency 
led to them moving on from Steve Jackson, the cornerbacks coach. And maybe they they feel the new guy they brought in, Chuck Burke, can can get that consistency and, and can elevate Eli Apple and they they run it back and, and give him another shot to kind of prove himself. I know, you know, they, they probably weren't happy with with some of his antics on social media. And you can you can you can live with that if a guy's playing well. Um so I I do expect them to to try to bring him back at something reasonable, you know, three, four million a year. And then, you know, I don't know, he's better as your your fourth cornerback than cornerback two. I, I still think, especially now losing CJ Uzama, that's that seven, six million, whatever you projected to pay him, you can roll into a premium position like cornerback and, and maybe go out there. There's still some decent corner, not better than decent cornerbacks out there. Um, so they can make a play there. I, I, I get the feeling that everything right now is kind of on hold to see what happens with Lyle Collins on the offensive line, the tackle yep. from Dallas, because uh, it doesn't look like anybody's going to want to trade for him. Maybe at the last minute, a team that doesn't have the cap space to get into a bidding war ends up trading for him. But I think everybody, the, the Bengals included, are waiting for him to be released. And then the bidding begins. And then you kind of chart the rest of your path after you know you got him or not. So how would that work, Jay? And, and we'll wrap it up with this. Um because I know you're a very busy guy and uh, following all the free agent moves that are being made, not only with the Bengals, but around the NFL. Um, how would that move? How would that work with the cap? If the Bengals were to acquire him through the trade, they pick up pretty much all of his money, correct? Yeah, but it's, it's the next three years are it's there. It's basically one year, $10 million for each of the next three years. There's, there's, not a lot of dead money there. I, I, I don't believe I have to go back and look, but it, it, it felt like it was the, the way that that contract was structured last I looked at it, that it, you, you could get out, you know, one 10 million this year and then minimal uh, dead money to get out after that. But it, it, that is definitely at the base salary. It doesn't climb a lot of these. You see a lot of these contracts kind of right. climb as they get deeper in. And that's why you see, a lot of these big money guys that are signing contracts today in 2022 are going to be the big cap cuts in 2024 because rarely do a lot of these teams take those contracts to fruition. The Bengals do. The Bengals more often than not will honor the length of a contract. And if and if it, it's not ascending rapidly and if it's just 10 million a year for the next three years for a top 10 right tackle, why would you not take that? The, I think the, the biggest drawback is they don't want to give anything up. They they they. They don't have the rosters not quite deep enough yet where they can they can afford to do a player deal for them, and they just value draft picks way too much. I, yeah. I can't even if it's a fourth round pick, which it sounds like from reports that's all it would take to get Collins. They just that's been their honey hole. They've been so good in those middle rounds, and they're just at this point they're not willing to give up that pick because they feel they can be a player if he gets cut, and, and they can swoop in and, and just buy him. I think that's a great point, Jay, is that they have made the most of the draft, certainly in the last two years under uh, Duke Tobin and uh, obviously Zach Taylor. Uh, they've done a great job of building, I think, not only starters, but depth uh, along the roster. I don't know. I go back and forth as to whether or not they would, if they really value Collins that much, I think they might give up a fourth round pick for, for him. Um, but you know, that is, you know, something I'm sure is debated inside the walls of Paul Brown Stadium. 
like anything else, you start getting antsy. You, it, it sounds good on Tuesday, but you start getting close to the deadline on Wednesday and you're like, uh-oh, so-and-so's out there and they've got a little more money than we do now because they haven't signed anybody. And they, you're right, inside those walls, maybe the, it, the they get a little more nervous and, and they decide to pull the trigger. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens, you know, whether it's the Bengals or whoever it is, it, what happens with Lyle Collins. All right, he is Jay Morrison. He does an amazing job uh, along with Paul Daner covering the Cincinnati Bengals for The Athletic. Follow Jay on Twitter at Jay Morrison, A-T-H, all one word. Uh, Jay, thanks for taking time out. I really appreciate it. Great talking to you, Trags. All right, Jay. Uh, that's Jay Morrison. I'm Mike Petralia, and this has been the Jungle Roar Podcast. <laughs>